Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, the Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Brockwell and I'm joined as ever by Stephen Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Um, I don't even know how to start this podcast, to be honest with you. Uh, joining us after a Derby Day defeat and, um, and, a, and a quite uninspiring one-all draw against one of the weakest teams in the league. Steve, I mean, it's... Um, it's a bit miserable. <laughs> it's really a bit fucking miserable at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's not the best, is it, to say the least. Um, Saturday was a, a really tough day. Um, you know, obviously a feeling we're not used to, really, isn't it? Of you know, we have dominated that South Wales derby. Um, it's been absolutely glorious, and um, you know, it was never going to last forever. But I think losing in the manner that we did was bitterly disappointing, really, wasn't it? I think. That was I found that quite like tough to take, but I think the sad thing for me was I wasn't particularly surprised. I mean, the Bristol City game was abysmal. I just couldn't really see us doing much at Cardiff. I mean, I, I'm not saying I thought we'd be as bad as we were, but I didn't see us getting much of a reaction, unfortunately, and um, that proved to be the case, didn't it? I thought we were awful, if I'm going to put it mildly, and you know we could have maybe got away with the draw, but I mean, our first shot was on an hour. The first shot on target was after the board had gone up for 90 minutes. You're just thinking, that's not good enough, is it? I mean, that's nowhere near good enough. To be honest, I was surprised that we spoke about this before we started recording. And I just thought, one thing we've always gone with the Swans is the professional pride that we take into these games. It doesn't matter about the form going into it before or indeed the results following. But even if everything's gone tits up everywhere else and you can't buy a win or you can't buy a result or even a performance in a lot of times, we had the pride going into this game. And we talked last week when we had Mitch on the pod about having the people at the club that understand these games. We talked about, you know, when... um, Mike Eames did his chat last time out and stuff like that and the people in O'Leary and stuff and the people who are still closely connected at the club who are very much uh, aware of what this means. And I thought, well, even if Duff gets his tactics wrong, there's so much there at the club which which lives and breathes these sorts of games that I thought they'll get a reaction. I was in no doubt. So whether it'll be enough, I don't know because the, the confidence is low, everything's gone shit so far so you're thinking well you know but at least you'll see the desire and the running that we haven't seen and I just didn't didn't see it, it just looked like they didn't care and, and that's a horrible thing to have to say because there was nothing there to me that thought well I mean I just see what some people saying that it was a, an issue with quality and we just weren't good enough and I think Duff said that as well and I, I don't think that we weren't good enough to match Cardiff I don't think we tried hard enough. And that is a real problem because you're looking at players in that team who've had hundreds of appearances um, at this level, some of which have had hundreds of appearances for the Swans. And you're thinking, where, where is the it is a game where you grab your midfield partner or your defensive partner by the scruff of the neck and say, wake up. This isn't the game to be... You know, it would be this game. But it was so... Passive. We didn't seem to how keep the ball. We didn't seem to want to keep the ball. I've, I, I, I was so dis, just not. I wouldn't even say disappointed. It's not even disappointed. I was dismayed after that. I really did think right. I'm, I'm, I misjudged this. 
I genuinely thought we'd see something today, and now we haven't. It's massive alarm bells. We looked just generally shapeless, I thought. Obviously, I was at the game, and we gave the ball away so easily. Like mm. Even Grimes, I, obviously I am a fan of Grimes. He never hides, and he, he didn't on Saturday, to be fair to him. But even he was quite sloppy, which mm. is not really like him. Um, but it just felt we couldn't really keep the ball very well. But I think part of that reason was as well, though, we didn't really have players giving the man on the ball options. Like, I'm, I'm, everyone knows I'm not a big fan of five at the back. I never really have been. I think it, it showed itself again, really. But it wasn't so much just that. It just felt as if the players themselves weren't showing much. I mean, yeah. Lowe and Yates are giving the great examples. I mean, they were just so isolated, weren't they? I mean, maybe one of them should have been coming a little, little bit deeper to to give us options. But it just felt like we never really were getting that far up the pitch or anything. And I think that was what really worried me type of thing was just that we we just looked like we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we we were so disappointed against Bristol City, as we've said previously. But I didn't see an improvement in two weeks. Now, two weeks on the training ground, there would have been one or two of those players, obviously, that um, had been on international duty, like Liam Cullen and, and Ben Cabango. Um, and, you know, a few of those guys, well, obviously four new faces have come in. But, you know, how can there have not been some sort of a reaction. I mean, I I was amazed in, in, in that sense that we we didn't look a little bit better. Like I said, I, I didn't have a great deal of hope going there, but I didn't think we'd look as shapeless again. And I mean, I've got to be honest, if we were still there now, I'm not sure we'd have scored. Cause, and that's how damn it was. And, you know, people can say about Cardiff how they've improved and everything. Don't get me wrong. They're better than they were. But at the same time, we're starting from a very low bar. I mean, they're, they're crap. I mean, and they, I still think they're not going to do a great deal. But they were better than us. And again, like you were saying, really, I think they seem to really want it more than mm. us. I mean, it did, it did just feel different in there the other day. I mean, I, did, I think a night kickoff in a derby really does suit the home team. Of course it does. You know, Especially with the bloody restrictions that we get. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were in, probably in the pub all day. I mean, it was a rousing atmosphere. You could sense they were really up for it. I think they believed for the, maybe for the first time for a while that it was going to be their night. And I mean, I look at like what we had to go through. I mean, we were speaking about it off air just now. And I mean, we had to be down there at Arbus 3. I mean, my bus didn't leave till five o'clock. I mean, that's hour and a half hanging around. I must say, to be fair, the steward on my bus did say, oh, look, if you want, you couldn't stay outside the bus if you want and, and have a drink. Um, and then as soon as I say, you've got to get on, you've got to get on, which is fine. But, you know, and then we get there and it's a shambles in the concourse. You can't really get served for food or drink. One of the bars on the far right-hand side wasn't open. And then the card readers weren't working. I mean, you know, people are starving at this point, let alone obviously wanting to have a few pints. But it was just a bit ridiculous. And then the segregation was moved over further than normal. So that didn't really help, I don't think. Um, it, it was, you could just sense in there that, you know, it felt different to the other derbies, I think. I'm, I'm probably not the only person that thought that. And, you know, we... I suppose it, it carried on really once the game started and we were we were bitterly disappointed but I mean I, did you think we were going to get a draw I mean g- given the, the way the game was going because I mean no, they had some chances didn't they but I mean I was thinking well we, we might get away with this year and hopefully we would but that didn't happen did it no I didn't um, to be honest with you from from about 20, 20 minutes in I think for me then the tone had been set um because that was the period where I thought, and I'd spoken about in the weeks, anyone listens to last week's pod, I was saying about, look, forget form, doesn't count on when you go into Derby Day. It, attitude, character, that's what counts coming in. 
and we've always got that bit right. So let's be positive. I remember saying at the end of the podcast, let's be positive. History's on our side. We always know what it means. We've got people in the background who knows what it means, and that's how we get a, a one-up over on them. Um, and I was confident in that. But then I watched the, for just, like, say, 20 minutes in, and I thought, no, that was really concerning because I would expect, and you've mentioned there, uh, we both said about, you know, we could have matched Cardiff for quality. Cardiff have come from a very, very low ebb and they've improved slightly. We've come from a high quality team and maybe the, the exact same amount of quality isn't quite there, but it's certainly enough to compete with Cardiff. But the thing that separated us on Saturday was desire. And I expected, yeah, you might not get um, a first time snapshot from 25 yards go bottom corner like Perot would be able to do. But I would expect our front men to, to harry and chase everything. I'd expect our midfield to hound and make sure that the Cardiff players can't run the show. I'd expect to have us to have, you know, a, a plan and a tactic for the likes of Aaron Ramsey and not let him, you know, you know, demonstrate what he can do on the ball. And just making sure that we had, and I mentioned it earlier in the pod, Steve, professional pride. Even if the manager's tactics are off, even if everything is a bit crap in the lead up to the game, you go into this game and do it for yourself. And that's what I think we lacked. I think we lacked desire. I think we lacked, I, we talk about cohesion and shape. But um, no, after about 20 minutes in that game, I thought I, we'd be lucky to come away with a draw because it was one team, as you say, the atmosphere, the, the feeling got in the, the first 20 minutes there was... Um, one team really came with a bit between the teeth and the other one came quite sheepish and that was us. That, that is true. I think I think the reason I thought we actually may get away with the draws because in spite of that, they weren't creating that many chances. No, I mean, they had that one right at the end of half-time and I mean, that was the only thing really that happened in the entire first half. Yeah, It's one of those strange games where not much was going on but because it's the intense nature of a derby, you couldn't take your eyes off it, if that no. makes sense. But then obviously they had a chance early in the second half in the pretty much the first minute, to be fair, Rushworth has made a good save but I mean they, I did think we might get away with it purely for that reason I just didn't think they were creating a lot but um, you know, it was a, to be fair it was a good moment of magic really from the substitute Aldi Tanner who's come on it's a very good finish and you could sense it was one of those games where if someone got a first goal it was very likely to be the winner certainly the, the team that conceded it would not be then winning the game they'd, they'd be lucky to get a draw but um yeah, I had no faith whatsoever after that that we were gonna no. gonna come back really, and I think the penalty just added insult to injury, didn't it? At the end, yeah, for to me it looked like it was outside the box, but that's it's. It, I think it's one of those ones where you just think, no, this on a day like today, this is definitely not going to go in our favour, um, and it was just it's a little bit lazy, obviously mistimed, and um, as you say, it added insult to injury, but. I don't think if we hadn't conceded that penalty that we'd have got anything out of the game anyway. Um, we weren't playing like a team that, you know, was was 1-0 down in the derby. We weren't playing like a team that had to fight for everything to kind of drag themselves back into it. And, you know, like even little moments where I think the ball got played over and over Gennelli's shoulder and he'd stretched to try and volley it and he missed the ball and stuff. And I just thought... I never felt the conviction there, you know, I never felt like, even though on the face of it, that could have could have made a good connection, it could have gone in, of course it could have, but I never felt there was the sort of fight and conviction to try and force that issue, and, and I mean, this is one thing I keep saying, but we've always, 
risen to that occasion. And I think that was the most disheartening thing was we didn't look like we necessarily played that occasion well at all on Saturday. And that's something we've always done. Yeah, I know. We've been very lucky, really, in that sense. And hasn't that went off? And I mean, I look back to that the last time we'd actually lost up there, which was the, the Premier League one, wasn't it? The 1 0. And I think in the first half of that, we didn't play too badly. But I think after we'd gone behind, we were just terrible. Um, and that was really disappointing because at that point, we had one of the best teams that we'd ever had. Yeah. And I, even though Cardiff had come up, I didn't really think they were much of a side. So I felt like that was a good chance to do the double, really. And obviously, it didn't happen on that occasion. But. Um, yeah, it's just, I think the player, I think certainly when we were 1 0 down, it, you just had this sense we were beaten. And I think the the players sort of knew it as well. That's almost the feeling. And I mean, it doesn't help, I've got to be honest, when you get a free kick in a reasonable position. And I'm thinking so to myself, lucky. yeah, and I'm thinking, well, we're not doing much here, but we know that we have got someone that's got a good delivery. If you stick a good ball in there, and then, you know, when the centre half ends up getting on the end of it, you do never know. I, I can't see a scoring in another way. And our idiot of a manager decided to take Charlie Patino off at that moment. And you're thinking, like, uh, are you for real or what? And I, I really think stuff like that doesn't help, to be honest with you. Um, but look, whether it would have made a difference or not, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I did think that was particularly baffling. I, I, I couldn't get my head around it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's things like that. It's decisions. Yeah, in-game decisions. But I'm, I'm more concerned. I mean, that is... I mean, we've, we've seen baffling decisions by some of our best managers and no one's flawless, don't get me wrong. And that was a particularly galling one. But I think it's the stuff around uh, around his general comments um, which concern me more. And maybe it's a good time to bring it up because I do feel like um, his demeanour has has gone to now, let's, uh, let's save face. Let's, let's do damage control. Let's try and make sure that when the dust settles on this, people are talking about reasons why I failed at Swansea City and none of them are going to be because I just wasn't very good. And the stuff he's saying, you know, the players aren't doing what I'm saying. They're training on one thing in the week and then doing their own thing on a Saturday. That's so damning because how do you, how do you keep your... You at that point when he says that and he says those words and that was after the game last night. I feel like the position becomes untenable because then you're saying that they're not playing anything like you're telling them to. So if we were to beat Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, you can't even credit him because he's basically saying the players are doing their own thing. So how do you even get the board on side to get the fans on side to say I'm the man going forward if you're openly admitting? The players are doing what they want. Well, it's interesting as well. He's saying they're ignoring him because <laughs> some of the information I've been told is that doing midweeks, maybe not this one because we had a game, is that he's not even here. Like he's going back to Cheltenham for a couple of days in the middle of the week. So, I mean, how you can't be ignoring you if you're not here, pal. So, you know, it's just he's trying to save face. That's what it feels like, isn't it? And he's throwing everybody under the bus and stuff. But I can tell you now, it's not washing because. Obviously, he took some stick, didn't he, from the, the travelling fans uh, at exactly, Cardiff. Yeah. And we'll go on to it later, but the same <laughs> thing happened last night at QPR. Um, you know, it, it just feels like now he's throwing everybody under the bus and, you know, it's, it's not good enough. You have to, There's nothing wrong with the manager sometimes just going, look, I may have made a couple of decisions there that with hindsight I, I would make differently of going again or anything like that. But you, you've got to protect your players. I mean, you're never going to get them on side if you're... You're basically blaming them all the time. I mean, and he's he's also pointed out that 
I'm not here to win the fans over. Well, I mean, you live well, a short life if you're not going to do that. If you if you think you're going to be successful and you're not going to have the fans on your side, like you, you're in it. it doesn't work. Does you're it? just in the dream world. I mean, I, I've never seen a club ever where you've got. Um, you He's know, at odds with everyone at the moment. Yeah, He's um, picking fights. Yeah, can, have, have you ever seen a team where the, the fans hate the manager? Yeah, this successful. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? No. So it's. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, I I can't work the guy out. It, it is as if now the the end is in sight. That's what it feels like. And to be honest with you, it needs to be because I just get the feeling that it's completely untenable now. And um, you know, I bet the players can't stand it. That's that's my general view. Um, well, look, is this this comments he's made um, after you know he's talking about. After Cardiff came, he said, you know, this is when you'll find out about people's characters, the personalities. Um, whispering in corridors. Whispering that, corridors. That, that was the main thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so he's talking about people close to him at the club. He's talking about people he works with. Um, assuming he's talking about the corridors of the Liberty, you know, and you're thinking about that and you're thinking, if that's what's happening and people, and he's aware that people are talking about their discontent of the way things are going and stuff, He's he's running this disjointed ship, which is kind of like on a on a crash course at the moment. So, you know, and the way things are looking, and we, I said right at the start before a ball was kicked this season, you have to give him, you have to give him till the October international break. And the reasons I said that were because you can't expect it to work right away. You can't expect to get the results right away, um, especially with the transition from the way we've been playing. But the general gist of what you'd hope to see in the meantime is a kind of... We've always had that kind of family feel. We've always had that feel that we're going to be in it together. We're going to try and all pull in the same direction. I mean, I've never known a manager try and pull left and pull right and try and split things up all over the shop. I mean, the amount of times... I mean, listen... He's, he's, he's talking like me because the amount of times he's had pops at Russell Martin it's like it's Is uncalled that? for I mean I, I feel <coughs> I feel bad for the guy and I sat here for the last 18 months pointing out Russell Martin's flaws and yet I'm sitting here now going alright man you know you, it's been completely not approached yeah, in I, press conferences he's bringing it up he's not getting prompted yeah I don't get what it is. it's like it's, it's a personal vendetta then it's like look if anything like Russell Martin left this man a team that finished 10th in this division I mean, it's not like he didn't get sacked, did he, for a team that was really struggling down the bottom and he's had to come in and fix a mess. He's come in during the summer. He's been allowed to bring 13 players in and now he's basically trying to blame the previous regime for what's going wrong here. It's like, he's not, I think it's an absolute disgrace, to be honest with you. And I mean, look, Martin d- did have his flaws. I mean, we've criticised him on numerous plenty, th- plenty. things, haven't we? But and I stand by what I said. I mean, yeah. it, in fact, if anything, what we've said is proven to be true with the struggles yeah. he's having with Southampton yeah, at the moment. it is. But at the same time, Russell Martin did have a plan of what mm. he wanted to do. Um, and if we're being honest about it, if he was backed as he reasonably, anywhere near this, like this guy was last season, we would have finished in the top six. Now, I can't believe that this guy with 13 new players, obviously none of them would have played for the previous manager, apart from Jamal Lowe very briefly, uh, and it is now blaming that manager for what's going wrong here when a lot of the players weren't here anyway. So he gets that blank canvas to shape these new players. Yeah, he it's does. Not, they aren't being tarnished by what he thinks yeah. has been a negative Russell Martin regime. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, I, I, I really just don't get it. It's again, it's just trying to save face. And you know, I the the, the issue I got with him now is not only do I think he's completely wrong for us, 
I don't like him at all. I I just think he's a bit of a dickhead, <laughs> putting it mildly. And you know, and I think that there's there's not much goodwill to him now from anybody. I think we just look at him and just think, just go, just get out of my football club because you're just depressing everybody. And it's almost like you're going to take it down, kicking and screaming. So yeah, I'm I'm done with it. As far as I'm concerned, he shouldn't be here now. It should be already dealt with. Uh, this lot behind the scenes need to hold their hands up, admit that they've dropped a big uh, gaff here and correct it straight away because we are going nowhere fast with this guy other than into League One. It's scary to think that, obviously, when you look at the uh, change, the transition and stuff and, and how the club were going to move forward after Russell Martin, which was by or anyone's account in football, the most extreme way of playing this game. I don't think there's another manager in the 92 who plays that extreme to Russell Martin. So we knew what we were stepping out of and we knew there'd be a transition. But the reason why I'm standing away now from my comments before about giving him to the middle of October, because the things I thought were a given, Steve, the things I thought were obviously going to happen, like the guy was going to create some sort of siege mentality. He was going to have a close-knit group. They were going to fight for him. He might not be as pretty. Like, Cooper's football wasn't pretty for a lot of the time. But they they kind of knew what they were doing and they fought for each other. And God, the amount of times we scraped a one-nil win and eight or nine players would run over to the bench and they'd all pile on each other. There was a family close-knit feel. Yeah, there was. And there was a lot of Premier League loans in there who wouldn't have had an affinity to the club. Um, but there was a very close-knit feel. And, and it's been that way. And that's kind of maybe been spoilt in that that maybe doesn't happen everywhere and maybe some people rule with an iron fist a bit more than um than what we're used to but one thing i thought was a given was at least even if he's going to step away and we're going to be a bit more long ball a little bit more robust i wasn't necessarily against that in the style of let's try and be a bit harder to beat let's try and get the ball forward quicker if that means going a little bit more direct and using the likes of Janelli and now Lowe's pace to get up at opposition quicker. Wasn't against that. We've been useless at counter-attacks for years. But the things like his personality, I didn't really take into account. I didn't think it would be a problem where a manager would be calling people out this early, slagging off the ex-manager, talking about people talking in corridors, saying about the fans not wanting to bother winning them over. I was just like, you're not going to help yourself. I do honestly, I'll say this right now, I feel like he's trying to get sacked. It does feel like as if he's, he, he may well be looking at it and thinking, I'm never going to make this work now. So, you know, I may as well just try and speed the process up of uh, trying to get the bullet. Because, I mean, these people are never going to walk away, are they, from what is a long contract, essentially. I mean, there's nearly three years to go in it. So, you know, and that's, <clears throat> that's the problem. I mean, we've, we've seen it with numerous managers. You, you can't tell me that Mourinho hasn't been trying to get sacked a few times. <laughs> 100% has been. Um, so yeah, he could well just be thinking, no matter what I do, it's not going to happen now unless I am willing to completely change and probably move down to Swansea, be here full time. And well, that's know, scary. What you said about him spending half the week up in Cheltenham. Yeah. You know, well, you know that he as well. Well, on Saturday night, he didn't get the team bus back. Is what I've been told. He went straight back to Cheltenham. I'm thinking, but not just I've got a problem with that. It's the fact that there's a game Tuesday. Like you're going to go back there now, and like surely that Sunday wouldn't have been a day off. Because we have a game Tuesday, if you know what I mean. They would, I would have expected the players to be in for like a warm down type thing, and they would have probably gone through a few things, and then obviously you've got to prepare for the next game. This is a brutal league, as we know. You do get time off because 
obviously we don't play on internationals like in League One and League Two they do but because of that you get a lot of midweeks I mean you know this week coming well next week it'll be there won't be a game because we're out of the cup but if we were still in the cup that would be there'd be four weekend games between the next international break and they would, you would then have three midweeks as well mm. that's how brutal this is I mean look I'm not being funny but you know football is you know it, it takes over your life if you're a manager and I think if you're going to be successful you have to be prepared to do that I mean Martin, as we say, he moved his whole family down here. He immersed himself in it. I even got visions of him. It wouldn't shock me if he was sleeping at the training ground sometimes because he, he almost seemed to be living well, it too much, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it probably did, heart and lot, it, didn't. Yeah, not, maybe that didn't help him. I don't know. But at least I could see with that, I'm thinking, you know, this guy is prepared to do what it takes to, yeah. what he thinks he to get it right. His passion was almost too much sometimes, yeah. wasn't it? And it he, he, was, he was desperate to succeed, I think. But whereas this guy is giving the impression of a bit like, well, you know, I don't need to be here all the time because you should be doing your jobs. And if you're not, then I'm just going to throw you under the bus. And I just, I really just don't think that works at all. I I don't get it. Um, I'm baffled other than, like you say, is he is he trying to to just end it now because he thinks he's not going to get anywhere? But no one comes out to this smelling of roses. Nobody. I mean, the, the player's not doing what they're told. If that's true, is a disgrace. And I've said this in the pod before. Um, you 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 got to follow instruction. At the end of the day, you might not see the vision, but if there is a vision and there is a plan, and you're not execute, how can you even judge Michael Duff's style of play if he's openly saying they're not playing it? You watch what I did at Barnes. You watch what I did at Cheltenham. I know a lot has been said and done since then. And if the players aren't doing that, I'll say that's not good enough. But to come out and say openly these players aren't doing what I said in the week. You've made yourself redundant, mate. You've got to go. I would say I don't think he should have been in charge for last night's game um, because ultimately after Saturday's performance, and, and to be honest, I think it's proven as such, because after Saturday's performance, whereby if you can't get yourself up for a derby game, Steve, quit the sport because that is one of the most fiercest rivals in uh, rivalries in British football. If you can't get yourself up for that and you, you put in the performance we did, then what are you going to achieve by leaving him? We'd be better off going this week, managerless, and leaving the likes of Chris O'Leary and maybe try and ask Leon Britton if he'll come back to the training ground kind of thing and get people building that sort of family mentality again and try and get the players back together, on side, all singing from the same hymn sheet. Could it have been any worse? I mean, let's talk about last night's game. If you couldn't get a reaction from Bristol City to Cardiff, after watching that drab performance against Cardiff, you would think, well, it's do or die now, because QPR are absolute dog shit. Um, And we're coming into this now. If we can't get a, a, a good performance out of this game and really put QPR to the sword, then you have to wonder what we're bothering for, because... Surely we want to make amends after upsetting so many of our fans on Saturday night. Well, you think so, wouldn't you? I mean, let's look at the team, for example, for last night. The change of shape, wasn't it? And obviously five changes, but it, it just smacked of complete desperation to me. It's like, what, what do I do next? Because I don't know, really know what to do. And, you know, look, I've got to be honest, I do prefer us to set up the way that we did last night with Janelli and Lowe out wide. I think, to a degree, it does make sense. But, yeah. I mean, he's not... Looked on that down that route before, and obviously I know he brought Janelli in, but I never had that as the impression that it was to play out wide. If you know what I mean, I would have expected at least one more wide player to have come in earlier, um, if that was what the plan was. So, yeah, it's just I thought that was desperation, but we we didn't start too badly last night. To be fair, did we? It was an improvement. The first ten minutes, I thought we were we were 
we were very good. And I thought, well, this is exactly what we needed to get out of this game. And let's kick on. Yeah, that was positive. And obviously, we did score a bit of a a scruffy goal, to say the least. Um, But look, we needed it. And we just felt like maybe that's the bit of luck that we we needed to turn it around. But it did feel after those first few minutes like we... Again, we just didn't do much. It was not keeping the ball very well, not creating a lot. You know, I didn't think we were too bad defensively, to be fair. But I don't know why he, why he played Bashir Humphreys left back. That yeah, that, that's a really totally baffling. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's one of the changes that he made. And I'm thinking, well, why, why would you do that? This guy has been brought in to play centre half, and you know, you've decided that he's going to play left back when there's two left backs already. <laughs> At the club, um, and then obviously Josh Key gets injured, and you're thinking, well, Ashby's got to come on now, obviously, because you know it's a right back, and then a left back does come on, a left the left back does and play there, right and then Humphreys goes to the right back. We're just thinking, well, what is the thinking here then? Like, I don't get that at all. I mean, it is disappointing with Key because he's had a good start, isn't he? And I think it, he'd be a loss if he's out for a little while now. But um, yeah, that. That just sort of shows the muddle thinking, doesn't it? I don't get that at all. It makes no sense. It felt like he was throwing shit at the wall last night. See, well, why would you have Josh Tymon on the bench and play Bashir Humphreys left back? Yeah, I mean, unless they think Tymon obviously hasn't had a lot of minutes or something like that. I suppose that could be part of it, but it's a strange one, isn't it? I didn't like it. I thought every time QPR came down their right-hand side, down our left, they were getting in and they were getting in behind and Humphreys was lucky... Um, that they didn't try and go down for a penalty at one point he slid in and got nowhere near the ball they kept going round him and I feel like it's a really harsh debut for the guy to have because he's come in obviously as a highly rated centre half I mean I know they're not the same build and character but imagine you, we played Mark Gehi uh, with a wing back and the Cooper and stuff you'd be thinking what yeah. the, fuck? the guy would never have made the moves he has in football well, it just doesn't <laughs> so, well, it just not make sense well you just you know, you, you shouldn't be putting, especially young players, and bringing them in and then asking them to play in yeah. different positions. I mean, they're trying to find their way in the game, and like it's it's tough playing man's football. Is you know, the, the adjustment does take time. It did with Gray, didn't it? Obviously, and then he turned into a beast. Street. He was absolutely fantastic. But I mean, you you've got to help these guys and put them in their right positions. And you just think, you know, that that wasn't a, a wise move. And but you know, for, from what you see with the demeanor of this manager and what he says. Like he doesn't care. He'll just expect someone to get on with it. He's not the arm round the shoulder type of guy. Well, we knew that. Yeah, he's very much. It's a it's a step away in that sense as well. You can have managers who are quite like that, but also have players want to run through brick walls for them. They do exist, and yet this manager seems to actually despise everyone. He does. Yeah, he does. But and you get the feeling that if we were successful as well, it would be. He'd, he'd probably try and claim all the credit, it's wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, which again, is just, just not the way, is it? I think ultimately, I wanted to see what Michael does football is. I don't think we're going to get a chance to see it because he has pissed everyone off at the club. They've not bought into what he's come in to do. If what you're saying is true and he's spending two or three days a week in Cheltenham, no wonder players don't want to follow your instruction. You're leading... Uh, you're not leading at all in fact that is not a, 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 a way I, I think would work at this level maybe at a lower level you can get away with that and give your coaches to carry a few training sessions in a week but you need to be so involved at this level it's a brutal league it's probably one of the most brutal in Europe and the fight to get up into the Premier League every year is intense and it can change week on week but 
I, I just don't get it. I, I think his personality is what's going to cost him. Um, you can get through having some rocky patches, and you could call this start a very rocky patch, if you've got people on side. I have not heard a single player come out and back this manager since the start. No, we haven't. I mean, I look at, I know Rob Page has been mentioned previously on here, isn't he? But players have actually come out and backed him, haven't they, if you look at it? Which I was a little bit surprised about, but it has happened. No one has backed this guy. Nobody whatsoever. But you could say Page is an absolute idiot, and we have said he's clueless and he doesn't should be no one either will's job. But you can imagine him on the training ground having a giggle, having a laugh, and, and maybe having good friendships with some of the players there and that. Yeah, he's this not, guy doesn't seem to have a relationship. That's the thing, he's not really I wouldn't say he's arsy, he's just out of his depth. That's yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas this guy I I think is out of his depth. But also I can imagine him walking in the training ground and players almost being a bit like, Oh god, he's here again. But they probably, I think but this thing about him being in Cheltenham during the week, they're probably loving it when he's not there. Almost. <laughs> but then again, what are the other people like well, taking coaching instead, isn't it? I don't know. I, it's 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 absolutely baffling the stuff, and I'm I'm speaking here quite candidly because there's a lot of people who are listening to this who've heard a lot of things coming out from whispers from out to the walls of the club and stuff, and people who know people who might be uh, well informed, and everything that's coming out of the club and coming into people's uh, minds at the moment is how that this this man is just not right. He's the way he's running things, nobody can see where it's going to go. I mean, I on the pitch is one thing, Steve. You know, you can have you know a lack of progression on the pitch, you could blame that on whatever. But the direction of the club in general at the moment, it's it's infighting it feels. It feels like there's no cohesion there. I don't get any good feel good factor about this manager at all in the way he speaks. Well that's the thing. I mean Look, I, I've heard some things. I mean, I think some it's probably best that they don't get shared at, at this stage, really. But I think that's the major thing. Is like there's a lot of people talking there behind the scenes, and none of it's good, as you say. I mean, you know those revelations about him being in Cheltenham there, and he went back there Saturday. They they don't help, for example, do they? Do you remember when Brian Flynn was in? Yeah. He was in Burnley, wasn't he, for yeah. half a week? But I think I'm sort of I don't know what it was like when he first came in or anything like that. But I mean. It is unsustainable. And I mean, at that point, a lot of the players were, how can I put it, they were down Wine Street as often they were in their house. They were. And you've got to bear in mind, we were at the foot of Division 3 at the time and the players were what you would consider these days to be almost semi-professional when you consider the standard change over the past 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? Because I think they were in the lower divisions, they probably weren't the only team that were going out. Now, I'd be surprised if anyone was going out as often as we were. You can't But be they're better on a Saturday night, they were all going out, weren't they? Yeah, we can't do it now. You're asking the players, and it's a lifestyle, isn't it? Now, when you're looking at each at a good level, as you know, when you come through the academy, you don't get to live a life that your friends get to live. You don't get to go out and drink and party and stuff. You have to be in bed early, up and training and stuff. And you're asking them to to maintain a strict diet, keep their fitness at a certain level, blah blah blah. And and, and you'd expect this over to be overseen by a by the head honcho. Wouldn't you? You'd expect oh, your yeah. your progress and your and that's what then your Monday to Friday is what happens and then the man just says what I've seen this week you're going to play on Saturday you're not going to play on Saturday and it's built up off the training ground this man can't have an opinion on it he must go in on he's relying on other people isn't he saying, right who's been good this week then yeah or like he's seen half the week hasn't he so other people are going to have to scary you know, yeah it's you can't do it I mean like I say it's such a 
full-time job. I mean, you have to eat, sleep, breathe it, really, don't you? And I mean, you get managers that are they're not just like at the training ground doing all this stuff. Quite often you'd find them watching the youth team or they might be doing a little bit of scouting during the midweek. Or something. Certainly, if maybe not if you're down here because obviously we're so far out of the way, but I bet a lot of the managers of, of the teams in the Midlands, for example, or in London, they, they'll be doing that as well during the week. But, but I think if you want to be successful, that's what you have to do. Because other people are doing it. Mm. But you, you can't be thinking, oh, you know, I, I can do this job to the best of my ability and I'm, I'm living that far away and I'm, I'm not there every day. I mean, oh, come on. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And to be honest with you, the board should have nipped that one in the bud pretty quickly. They should have put a deadline on it and said, look, you ain't managing this club unless you move closer. You don't have to live exactly in Swansea, but you're going to have to live in the vicinity. It's, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the situation we found ourselves in. Obviously, we come into this summer um, full of enthusiasm and stuff and thinking, right, okay, we've got the right Russell Martin saga. And me and you both said, look, after the end of the season, it feels a disappointment that he's going now. It's taken him two years to find something that clicked. He finally ditched the back five. And then you're looking at it going, right, now we're on the brink of the playoffs. Now this team could kick on. And, um, and and then you look at the change and you go, well, do you know what? It was too extreme. We said that for the last two years. Um, I don't think Musama in football um, will succeed uh, to any great level because of the demands he puts on his players, which is just, for me, unsustainable. But you would have felt that we would at least have that team unity and people would fight for each other. I don't think it's happening. I talk about professional pride in the players. I'm wondering, Steve, are the players just trying to fast-track the process? Are they thinking, do you know what, this is, if we, if we, if we run through brick walls to this guy, he's going to send their owners the wrong message. We aren't going to play to this guy's tune because ultimately we can't see any success coming from him. Well, it, it could well be the case, couldn't we? I mean, it, only the players really know the answers. So it's one of those that's hard to tell, isn't it? But... Look, I I don't think there'd be any tears shed if this bloke had the boot. Uh, that's what I will say. He should go. I think he should have some pride as well. I know he's not going to walk away from the job, yeah. but I think. Well, could they do mutual termination? And then you, obviously there is a that's like a it's a compromise, then, isn't it? Yeah. You get a few quid, and you know obviously everybody moves on and just accepts that it's it's not right. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's obviously got a good standing in the game. He is, his record speaks for himself, and there will yeah. be clubs that he could leave for and go to and probably still have a pr- pretty good season this year. You know, if he were to leave and go into another job, I don't doubt that the man is just, is obviously, he started off badly here and he's not recovered from it. Um, and what he's done since has made his position untenable. His words, his mannerisms, his personality has made what has been a sticky start make me think, my God, there's massive alarm bells going on every time this guy opens his mouth. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like the wrong fit now, doesn't it? And it's it's heading towards the only option because you know it can't carry on like this. And I mean, look, we're really struggling here in the league, aren't we? Three points from seven games. We've never not won the first six games of a season. Uh, not won one in the first six yeah. at the start of a season ever. We're already on. We've already had seven games now. So it's game eight on Saturday. Um, mm. You know, and yeah, a worst start in over thirty years. I think it is. I mean, it's. It's concerning. I mean, and you think of in that time, there have been some relegations and we've had better starts in seasons where we've been relegated than this. So, look, he has to go. It's, it's as simple as that. And like you say, it doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad manager. He's had success, hasn't he? And he would, obviously, he would definitely get another job. 
but he's totally the wrong man for us. It's not going to work. Is this now. the problem? I mean, let's 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 think about it for a second. Is his ego part of the issue here? Could be. Think? I mean, I think he's come in here and gone. Um, well, I know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. I will do it this way, and the players have taken that. Like, hang on now, come on. This is a this is a symbiotic relationship here. We work with each other, not against each other. This isn't bash bash you do and you know we work with each other to see how it works with the rest of the club but he does seem to be very very egotistical the way he talks about his previous jobs yeah he does and but with respect I mean Cheltenham especially then they're nowhere near what we are and that's not being big headed or anything and obviously Barnsley have look they're, they're probably a little bit smaller than us but I mean they're not there's not a huge difference between us but in terms of what's been achieved over the last however many years though there is a big difference because we've, we've barely been in the same division as them. I know they, the year that we lost to Brentford in the playoff final, they yeah. didn't make the playoffs, but I mean, other than that... But that was... That's a one-off. That was a... But they, didn't they survive relegation on the last well, day the year well, before? This you is, know, it, I think the blue, this is a team that, in general, struggle at the wrong end of the championship, yeah. or they get promoted back from League One, or yeah. you know, they're, they're right. challenging in League One, basically, whereas, obviously, you're talking about us, where, yeah, we've, we've been in a championship now for, I think this is the sixth season, but, I mean... There's only been one bottom half finish in that time. I mean, there's been two finishes in the playoffs. Um, and obviously before that, there were seven years in the Premier League. So, you know, it, they are very different clubs. And I mean, as every club is, I mean, you know, Duff, like what Michael Duff might think is good football and what Barnsley might think is good football is probably very, very different to what we think. Mm. In the same way that either thought Cardiff fans, what they think is good football, again, doesn't tally with us. Because we've obviously gone through various managers starting with Roberto Martinez where we've you know really been shown the way and you know if you're someone that, that doesn't play in a similar style then you'll get sussed out pretty quickly down here so yeah um, look I do think there's a portion mind of the fan base a, a sizable portion as well who just turn up a quarter to three on a Saturday that's not just that's not having a go at anyone I think there is just a lot of people who are they might well be season ticket holders, but ultimately they're not as sad as as me and you then, and they don't like follow it to the to the and let it get them up and down as much as they can. They got their family, they work, their other hobbies and whatnot, and they turn up on a Saturday. And as long as a quarter to five, it shows that Swansea have won, then they go home happy. And I think that was a little bit of the thing with Cooper. A lot people were happy that we were just winning games. Um, so yeah, I think in some of it, what Barnsley and Cheltenham fans would think was good ultimately was they were winning games. They were successful. So we've talked about this before. There's two parts to football, isn't there? There's style and there's substance. You can have style and not have substance. Russell Martin had style and he didn't have a lot of substance and that held him back for two years uh, and held the club back. If you don't have style, you have to have substance. Absolutely. It's not negotiable, that one. Cooper didn't really have style, but he had substance. He was getting results. But if you can't have, as you say, if you don't have good football to fall back on, then by God, you better be winning games. Exactly. I mean, I'd always say that was something like Tony Poulos, wouldn't you? I mean, he'd, he'd keep teams up or whatever, but he had to. And the moment they would st- a team there would start struggling, he'd have to get the sack because you'd be thinking, well, this is horrendous to watch and we're not getting results. So, yeah, it's. I think that's the major thing with it. You, you probably are right. I mean, there must be a, a certain section of fan base who... who maybe do just turn up on a Saturday just want to see winning football and then they, they don't really think about it yeah they want to criticise them at all they're probably people that don't listen to this I wish I, it's like, which is probably yeah. which, but that's, again that's not slagging them off but I mean they, 
yeah, I can't imagine. Sometimes this. I wish I was more like that. Well, <laughs> I'd love to be like that, but um, yeah, they're, they're probably people who don't listen to this and probably no, don't. Course, yeah. And again, it's not a criticism. Like I said, they, they probably don't consume the media. They probably found it a lot easier then to not turn the media or turn the news off. Um, yeah, you know, over the weekend when obviously that lot would have been milking it. But um, yeah, um, look, what, what can you really say? There's I think a lot of us, there's probably people listening to this especially, I would say, that probably certainly want style, don't they? That everyone wants substance to a point. But, I mean, from my point of view, I think we have to try and be greater than the sum of our parts because a lot of other clubs have got deeper pockets than us. So if we can do things differently like we did before, that's our best chance of success. If we try and do things like everybody else, you'll sort of just end up where... The well, budget we'll, will take you. We'll top end of League One. That's what's kind of where the club is size wise. Well, you talk of if you're going to. Maybe, I don't know. We're, we're, I think we're, we're towards the bottom of Championship, mm. top end of League One. It's, it probably depends on how well we're doing. What is going to be very interesting, I know we're going to go on to Sheffield Wednesday in a bit now, is that we've already seen the crowds have not been great this year. Now, after a derby loss that's very uninspiring and the last home game, which is bloody awful, mm. what is the crowd going to be like Saturday? Are we going to be down to 12,000 or something? I mean, Sheffield Wednesday could well bring 1,000 or so. Quite a, they traditionally quite good uh, travellers, but I mean, you could be down to a seriously low crowd, especially for Saturday. I mean, and I'm already thinking that the game after it, Norwich, I mean, they're going to bring hardly anybody, understandably, because yeah. it's such a long way and it's a midweek. I mean, you're going to see a hell of a low crowd at a thought. So I think that almost will have to sort of force the board's hand because we can't be going into situations like that where, you know, the crowd really starts to dwindle. It's worrying. Um, let's finish off the talk about um, last night's QPR game because we did say it did start brightly. We did get the early goal and you're thinking, right, kick on from here um, and let's get this much easier result. I still think that if we'd won yesterday handsomely, I still think his time was up. I think there's too big a portion of the fan base who won't forgive his comments before the derby, the derby performance, his general demeanour during the start of this season, um, the way he's handled the media, the way he's handled the players, um, and he's thrown everyone under the bus at every opportunity. That said, if he was going to do the unthinkable and somehow turn it around from here, it would have to start with a hell of a... Well, he needs a performance and he needed a result. He needed both star and substance last yeah. night. And after 10 minutes, it just stopped. Yeah, exactly. It just, you know, it came to a dead end again, really, didn't it? I mean, it did look like we may win because... Well, they, they were, were shit. Yeah, because they, yeah, they were crap. And obviously, we did have the lead for a long time. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we, obviously, we didn't win in the end. We didn't do a lot second half. There was, like, Yates' chance, wasn't there, for yeah. the breakaway and the, yeah. the dummy. Um, but, look, I think it doesn't make a difference, really, for the manager. I mean, he came over at the end and he was still getting booed. And then he walked off and the players got applauded. So it's fairly obvious how the fans are seeing it right now and they're there. I think they're still with the players within reason. They're definitely not with the manager. I think it's, it's gone already. I mean, it, it seems like there isn't a decision to be made for the owners because I don't think that wins now save this man. Um, as you say, I think there's so much that's gone on um, and, and the stuff that's coming out makes me think that who's going to really run through brick walls for this man now because even if only 10% of what's come out is true, that's still enough to make me really concerned about what's going on behind the scenes at the club. Um, and then, like you say, we roll on to Saturday. We've got another very, very winnable game at home. 
first Saturday game in a few weeks, you would think that would draw the crowd out and stuff and you would get a good crowd, but you've got to factor in the fact of the results we've had, the feel around the club, everything that's just coming into, this could be a, a really low crowd and that would send its own message. Um, and, I mean, first of all, let me ask the first question. Will he be in a job come Saturday afternoon? Well, he's still here at the moment, so I think he will be. I think it could be a case of this could be the last game for him. So, but I mean, like he should be gone in, in my view. But I, I do think he's going to end up getting Saturday now. And what is, you know, a relegation six pointer really? Even at this stage, is what it feels like because I think they're really going to struggle. And at the moment, we are struggling. So. You know, this it's a funny one, really. We need to win. That, that's the truth. We we really need to get that monkey off our back. Um, and obviously, we don't want to lose to a team that we think could could be down the bottom as well. It's so it's a big game. I mean, and ideally, I think if they fired the manager before it, it would this. It would get a react. I, I think you'd see a reaction. I think it'd almost be ideal to get get a reaction. Say the role he takes the team, which is the likely option. I think you you'd see something. We'd put, we'd have a good chance of winning. And then hopefully by the following Saturday, we'd have somebody in. Yeah. That's how I would be looking at it. But look, this is Wednesday night. They've not sacked him yet. If they don't sack him tomorrow, they're not going to do it on Friday, one of thought. So, But I mean, mean, if it was to happen on Friday, it it wouldn't be great because it would have meant that they've sat and stewed on it for a few days. Yeah, exactly. I mean, realistically, he should have gone today if he was going to go before Mm -hmm. Saturday. So I think he's he's safe until then. Obviously, no no midweek game next week. In theory, that's the, the opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. And if they don't pull the trigger at that point, well, I'd be very concerned then because you just think, well, what's it going to take? I mean, like I say, all these stuff of talk behind the scenes of, of unrest and obviously shocking results in general, terrible football, you know, a manager throwing everybody under the bus and just blaming the previous regime and everything like that. I mean, what more do you want to tell you that this is untenable? Yeah, and, and I can imagine that the new investors with the... Um, position they're in they don't want to be you know swinging the axe this early they don't want to be those people that are super ruthless and do it before um, before the managers had to attend league games and, and I can understand that viewpoint of trying to not be too knee jerk on it but I think from the Swans point of view um, we talked about needing a performance and the result against QPR, Steve. I, I'll do away with the performance now because I think he's done anyway. I think he's, his he job's gone. Done. So for Swansea's point of view, it's more important than a performance. Forget the performance because it's under the wrong man. So I think now we just need to get three points on the board so that the next manager starts with three more points than they would have otherwise. Well, yeah, exactly. As I've already said, three points for seven games is awful and I don't think we've had the hardest fixtures yet. That, that's what worries me. We haven't faced a single team on parachute payments, for example. So... You know, that is concerning then. It's like a lot, a lot of the winnable games from the start. Well, you think, look, winnable. I know this is an open league usually and everything, but they've already gone. So that yeah. does put the manager at a little bit of a handicap, whoever was to come in next. So, look, it's, it is a concern. But, you know, at the same time, if we're to win on Saturday, that could mean he, he limps on as well, which also isn't really a good thing. So it's it's a difficult one. Obviously, I do want us to win, but I'm just going to put that on record before anyone twists the words. But, um, <laughs> you know, because I know what it's like. But, it is. It would just be better, and I think we'd have a better chance of winning if they just did it now. Just, just end it because this is untenable. It's not. It isn't turning round. When this problems 
behind the scenes and the managers throwing people under the bus and stuff like that. It is there's no way it can it can get go the back the other way now. It's gone too far already. That's what switched it for me. I think it's that it's that more than the games. I think watching Well it is as crap as the football yeah. well, is, isn't it? Like you just think sometimes, well people deserve more time and in general I do, you know, subscribe to that theory, but I don't in this case, because the football's so bad and the other stuff and then throwing everyone under the bus, blaming everyone under the sun other than himself. And all this type of art, you just think these guys are not, they're not having you with, and you know, it's it, it needs to end. And I'm, I'm convinced if he gets the boot, things will lift pretty quickly as long as Nathan Jones doesn't get the job, yeah, yeah. And listen, like, you know, if 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 like the likes of someone like Paul Watson was the man because he's been brought in as you know the head of the whole football operation here, if he's the one that's picked Duff then his position then becomes questioned because is he the one that pushed the others to say, no, 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 Duff is your man, Duff is your man. And if that's the case, then obviously treating the next suggested appointment, suggested appointment with a certain degree of scepticism then because are we looking at a man who picked Duff very much of the same reason why he's good friends with Nathan Jones? You know, is that a sort of manager which he sees is, is up, in, up in lights, whereas Swansea City, I want a lot more you know, pleasing football on the eye and a lot more. Well, it's not just that though with Nathan Jones, is it? It's the fact that we know he supports, he's passionate yeah. about it. He is a destructive personality based on what we've seen before. At Stoke, it went terribly, and I can gather they hated him. It's pretty obvious at Southampton that he was despised. I mean, is he going to come in here and, you know, no. help things? I mean, for a start, the that fans wouldn't even, the fans would never be with him, would they? I think it would, it, that would actually be worse than what we've got now. I'm yeah. not, I, I don't think Nathan Jones is necessarily a bad manager at the right club. I mean, I think if he was the well, coach, at Luton, I think, well, I think we've got to go. Well, he, he certainly isn't there. But I think again, if he went to, you know, Huddersfield looking for a manager, I think Darren Moore might be going in there. But I think if he went there, for example, he, he might do a yeah. decent job. But yeah. I'm sure somewhere Nathan Jones will do decent. But I mean, it certainly won't be down here. I mean, my God, not a chance. I'm, I'm, I've never pictured a scenario where a manager unveiling might get booed and this. Yeah, exactly. So people would would want him to fail yeah. actively. Yeah. Like he, he would be absolutely hated. So I know you already committed to not saying this, Steve. But if Michael Duff's in the dugout, you I mean, I'm you know I'm thinking he's. I really want us to to move on to save the season. I don't want this manager limping on for three or four more games. No, and this is the problem with having, you know, the game which is very winnable. If he wins it, then we go on and... We do, some people have been sacked after wins, mind. I mean, oh, no, yeah, don't, I was, don't, don't it's, that, It to always be. feels very strange when that happens, mind. Because you're always thinking, then, well, you've already made the decision. You've just decided... Russell Martin was pretty clearly moved on after this best run of his whole time here, you know, ultimately. And the most convincing run as well. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think, like he said, you know, he, he wanted to really make a success of it here anyway. But he, he didn't feel like he had the backing and stuff. You know, ultimately, um, I think Michael Duff experiment has failed. Um, I think? <laughs> the, 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 the style of football, and we're never going to know, we're never going to see if... Barnsley Duff or Cheltenham Duff could have made us decent to watch, could have made us uh, a sort of team that could have been successful in this league because he's pissed everyone off. No one's doing anything. The players aren't running. We talk about high press and high energy and stuff like that. Not seen any of it. Um, And so we're just dawdling at the bottom of the league at the moment. 
this season is very much savable, in my opinion. I think that the squad is robust enough to go through the Christmas fixtures as long as they got the right man in the in post to kind of get everyone back together and sing it from the same hymn sheet. But ultimately, Steve, what's turned it from a Cardiff and QPR podcast into a Michael Duff out podcast, he needs to go. And if it isn't before Saturday, it needs to be Sunday. It, it, we cannot yeah, it just carry this on. Yeah, it does. This look, it it can't go on. It's it's as simple as that. I mean, it's it wins as you say. Now they they don't really change the situation because it would just be a temporary reprieve. It's done, um, and they need to ensure that it is done. It's as simple as that. I mean, if they allow this to limp on for too long, we're going to be in big trouble. And then this could be a firefighting job to to keep us up. But as things stand now, it's, it's still a job where you know we can get up the table. I personally don't think. Anywhere near the top six, mind I think. But, I mean, look at you. Look at the likes of Middlesbrough change the manager at least last season. You look at North Forest change the manager the season before. Um, again, you're looking at these early changes, which ended up getting the team right at the league and and both ended up um, in playoffs. Um, it's not impossible to do, but you need to really build up that kind but of. You've team. got to go on an unbelievable run to do that, haven't you? Like yeah. ridiculous, and I just think that 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 isn't going to happen. I mean. The, I think they're two quite freakish incidents, really. I mean, I'm not saying we can't get well clear of the drop. I remember, do you remember when Paul Trollope was Cardiff manager? I think it was after Euro 2016. And they sacked him in the September. Warnock went in there. And I think they finished in the middle in the mm. end. And I mean, look, I think if we were to do that at this stage, I'd be absolutely delighted. So that's the way I'm sort of looking at it. But the longer it limps on, the, the, the less the chance of us obviously salvaging things really I mean this is a team that shouldn't be down the bottom I think I don't think it's a team that should be challenging for the top six necessarily uh, at all I, I think it's it is a mid-table team really but I mean the fact is it's now a team that is likely to finish in the bottom half I thought because we've already obviously lost a lot of points so we'll just have to wait and see though won't we but they've got to make a decision they've got to change it and if they do after, before or after, just after Saturday then you know, we'll, hopefully we can just get back on the right track uh, quite quickly. Let's hope all this posturing over the past few weeks when um, the, the rumours really started to come out thick and fast from what was going on behind the scenes of the club were very much a time where the owners were just looking to see who's, which sort of manager they could entice to come down here seven, eight, nine games into the season. It's very much a different position to when we appointed Duff in the summer, when you could have given them a pre-season, you could have given them the luxury of picking the players that were coming in. Now it's someone coming in going, right, the club's a mess. Um, the players are what you've got to work with. It's been heavily invested in in terms of uh, the, the, the building the squad up and stuff. So this is what we're going to be left with. Now it's a different car- calibre of manager, potentially, we're going to have to look at to bring in. And maybe they're just trying to vet out and see what sort of what sort of uptake they could get on that. But I personally think, and, they, and I still think the season is salvageable. I think if we get rid of the manager soon, um, then we can do it. And let, look, I've always, for the last six months or so, I've ended these podcasts with a little po- bit of a positive twist. So I will end it with this one and, and think that um, this is, feels a bit like the end of a nightmare where you just kind of feel like it's done now. You, I'm not so much worried now about Michael Duff staying because there's so much going on that I think now the, it's, it's sealed. I think he cannot recover from this. A win on Saturday will not be enough, as you've already said, Steve. And at the end of it, that 
in the night is dark, it's just before dawn and stuff, you know, it, it, at, at the end of the nightmare, we will wake up and let's get back to what we do best. And that is playing football for each other and fighting for each other and getting that family feel back at the club because that is the thing that's been missed most. Um, but there we are. We're going to move on and uh, finish up this podcast now because um, it's been an hour of us uh, really depressed, Steve, to be honest with you, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you have to front up in these situations. You can't go hiding. Um, you know, we certainly didn't want to talk about Cardiff, but you want to do to this. Done. You want to do the Cardiff one. It has to be said on Sunday to well, get out of the way, and I really could not face it. Well, <laughs> I just said, you were probably no, a lot I? more hungover <laughs> than me. But um, obviously, I was. I've been in London the last couple of days. I've only got back uh, this evening, so um, yeah, I knew that it was Sunday night, or it was going to be Wednesday, really. So um, yeah, well, we're doing it now, and um, I'm sure by obviously none of you would be listening until Thursday. But um, yeah, we've. Uh, we fronted up and you know hopefully yeah, we can certainly move on from from Cardiff anyway because we don't want to be talking about that a lot do we no let's move on let's leave it there uh, thanks for listening if you're uh, if you're still with us and you haven't uh, looked at that uh, beer in the corner and thinking you needed about six or seven of them to get through these podcasts these days don't worry things will get better it can't carry on like this forever unless you've been interviewed you're interviewing Mick McCarthy and he'll say yeah it can <laughs> But for myself and Steve, (laughs) thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.